Hey everyone, it's me, Brenda, or the adolescent parent. Before we start this episode, I wanted to give an explanation. This is only part one of Brittany's story. Part two will be up next week, so please stay tuned for that. But in this episode, we talk about her pregnancy with Caleb, who was born with hydrocephalus. Her pregnancy was kind of an emotional roller coaster, so brace yourselves for this one. So yeah, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the second episode. I am the adolescent parent. With me today, I have someone very special. Many know her on Instagram as a mom of three boys, and others know her as a new mom of Caleb, someone who was born with, and what's it called? Hydrocephalus. Yes. So with me is Brittany Cervantes. Hey, Hi. guys. How are you? My name is Brittany Cervantes. Um, I am also known as the Brittany J on social media. And um, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Brenda, for having me. This is such an awesome, um, exciting for me opportunity to be here. So, um, yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate you coming. And I appreciate you giving me your time today and yesterday to get to know you and talk yeah. and hang out. So getting to know you, I've learned a little bit about your pregnancy and going through it with Caleb. Right. And my it, pregnancy, I had I had complications, but nothing compared to yours. Right. And I also learned something new I didn't know about. Well, what's it called again? Hydrocephalus. Okay, hydrocephalus. And can you explain what that means? Um, so Caleb has aqueductal stenosis, hydrocephalus. Okay. There is, I believe that there is different kinds of hydrocephalus, um, but really the meaning is that um, fluid is accumulating in your brain. Um, that's how it was pretty much described to us when we first found out what hydrocephalus was. Hydrocephalus just means fluid on the brain, but there has to be a reason why. Oh, okay. And uh, in most cases, it's aqueductal stenosis, which is the blockage. Yes. So Caleb is your third baby. Yes. Caleb is my third boy. And between your other two boys, did you have any complications with them? Something similar to this? Um, you know, I had complications on my first pregnancy with Joseph, which is my first baby. Um, but it was nothing like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you had complications with Bella and Jade, but it was nothing compared to something like Caleb. So when you discovered you were pregnant with Caleb, how far along were you? Um, I want to say I was about like six weeks pregnant. Um, we did make it public and announced it when I was 13 weeks. Okay. At that point, you already had your first sauna? Yes, we did. But we were not told anything, obviously, like the baby is just so small. So we just kind of heard the heartbeat and, you know, saw the baby and that was it. How far into his development were you able to find out that he had a condition? So um, after the first sonogram at 13 weeks, we had another sonogram. We actually went to a clinic called Stork Vision here in Dallas. And we paid to get that sonogram done because we wanted to find out the gender. So um, we had that sonogram done. Um, but we left. We were going to have a, um, a gender reveal party. And what we did is we had the gender put in an envelope. And, um, you know, we found out the gender two, two weeks later. At 20 weeks is when we had the anatomy scan with my regular doctor. And that is when we found out that Caleb had hydrocephalus. We saw the baby and um, I did see a little different, like, you know, the doctor kept looking at the baby and kept measuring the head and stuff. But I was not like... You weren't concerned? Yeah, I was not concerned. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, so she's for sure letting us know we have a, we're having a boy. Because I was still kind of like in... You know, I wasn't really sure. Like, yeah, we went to that place. We paid. But I was like, are we really having a third boy? Like, mm -hmm. that is just crazy. So, you know, when she told us the gender and, you know, we're like, okay, you know, we're having another boy. And that's it. Like, we were not really paying attention to the sonogram as much as she was. And, you know, whenever the the um, appointment was over, they pulled me they wanted to talk to me, so they put me to the side. Actually, they um, the doctor called me into her office, and that's when we were told the news. How far along were you at this point? I was 20 weeks in like four days, I want to say. Was your pregnancy okay? You were feeling fine? I was feeling fine. I didn't have any complications to where you could think like, you know, there's something wrong. 
the reason why I waited till I was 13 weeks to announce the pregnancy, it's because um, a lot of women just wait till that time. Um, it's like the safe zone. Like you want yeah, to pass it's like the, the safe, safe zone. zone. Yeah. So, um, you know, so you, you know, it's like a little thing that we say in Mexico, like, oh, you don't want to jinx it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we just waited a little bit. And um, when the appointment was over, I, I was actually with my husband and um, Liam, which is my middle child. Um, and when the appointment was over, they told us to go into the, to the waiting area and just wait to sign off and, you know, book the next appointment. So when I, um, you know, we're waiting in the waiting area, they call my name and I'm thinking I'm just going to go sign and, you know, just go home thing. Like they called me into the office and I told my husband, I even told my husband, just wait here. You know, I'm going to be right back. Like they probably just want to show me something or whatever. I really was not like, I had no idea. And, you know, I walk into the office and I sit down. Um, I remember clearly remember sitting down and the doctor looking at me in the eye and handing over some tissues. And I was just like, what is going on? You know? And I thought, at this point, I was still thinking, whoa, what if she's going to say I'm having a girl or something? You know, like, what mm-hmm. if she's just my husband's pranking me to where, like, okay, you're going to have a girl. You know, I'm just thinking stuff like this. I had no, like, no idea. So she put some tissues to, you know, towards me. And then she goes, um, I want you to have a seat and relax because what I'm about to tell you, it's it's something serious. And I'm like, okay. At no point she didn't call. She didn't say, let's get your husband in here. Not yet. Okay. So she goes to, she continues to tell me, okay, you know, we're looking at your sonogram. Um, I just want you to know that it seems like your baby has a lot of fluid on his brain. And I'm just like, okay, like, I still didn't know, like, exactly what she was saying. So I'm just like, okay, that, okay, that's fine. But like, is there something I should be concerned about? And she's like, yes. So when she said, you know, you need to be concerned, like, this is something serious, like, it just kind of like hit me. And I'm like, okay like just tears started coming down my eyes and I'm like I had no idea what she was talking about or what she was trying to tell me it was just just the fact that you know that something's wrong with your baby just automatically makes you (laughs) makes you want to cry because there's like nothing you can do about it because he's inside you and you know it's not like you can give him medicine and he'll be okay or you know rub his back it's just you can't do it like you just can't do that so like you know, she started explaining a little bit to me about what was going on. Um, she even pulled out some pictures on Google and she asked me, OK, you know, like this is what the brain's supposed to look like on a fetus right now. And this is what the brain looks like of your baby. So she compared my sonogram to a regular um, to like a, a normal picture, what they think it's normal. And um, it was in a big, a big um, difference. difference. Yes. Um, and that's when I knew, okay, like this is serious. Can you describe the difference? Um, so from looking at Caleb's sonogram and looking at a Google picture, um, on the Google picture, you can clearly see how like the, the brain is developing and you can kind of see like the parts and, you know, you just kind of see a brain (laughs) and, um, looking at Caleb's, all you really see is it was like, it was like a balloon with lots of um you can kind of see the fluid and um just like small little white dots and those little white dots it was the uh, parts of the brain that were not developing oh yeah so it was it was crazy um you know i walked out of there and i you know i sat down i couldn't even even walk so i sat down outside like right outside her office and i was just crying and i don't even think there was a chair i think i was just sitting like literally like just sitting down on the floor and um i was crying and crying and you know some nurses kept passing by because obviously it's their job to like call their patients in and patients were just looking at me and i did not care like at this point i was i didn't care that i was on the floor crying was your husband my husband was still in the waiting area and um one of the nurses came to me and she was like hey are you okay like they have no idea what's going on you know so they're just like hey are you okay and I just told her like 
I just need my husband here. Like, you need to call my husband. And they're like, Who, who's your husband? Like, and I was just like, you just need to call my husband. Just call him in here. And they were like, well, we don't know his name. And what is he wearing? And I was just like, he's just tall and he's outside. Just go get him. So, like, they went outside and there was no one there. And so, at this point, I'm thinking, oh, he's in the car. Like, why is he, you know, and I can't even find my phone. I, you know, I'm just stressing out. Then I see him come out of the restroom with Liam. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And then I'm just like, you are not going to believe it. Like, I'm just trying to explain to him what's going on. But I think at this point, the doctor was passing by. So he pulled him to the side and told him what was going on. Then she uh, continued to say, you know, I'm scheduling an appointment for you guys to go see another doctor or go to a different clinic where they have more knowledge about this. I can only tell you so much. Because that's, I only have permission to tell you this much. But if you go to this other clinic and, you know, you're going to have like a different type of sonogram and they'll tell you more about it. Because they have more knowledge and they can actually give you a diagnosis. Like I can just kind of explain to you what it is, but I cannot tell you. Yeah, she can just say there's something to be concerned about. Right, but, but she cannot not tell me. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't have like the permission or the authority to say this is what's wrong with your baby. You know what I mean? You were just going to a regular gynecologist at this point. I and, was. And what did they refer you to afterwards? They referred me to the fetal care center that it's in Baylor Hospital um, here in Dallas. And um, so we, you know, she's like, okay, I'm going to book you an appointment. They'll probably call you in two weeks um, to be seen. She's like, because, you know, it's a long wait for all of that. Like, I guess... They only have like two clinics. So like, you know, it takes a while for you to get book, like seen and get booked an appointment and all of that. So when we were leaving the clinic, I got a call and it, surprisingly it was the fetal care center. And that was awesome because I, I didn't worry about that. Well, I mean, I was worried, but well, yeah. I was not worried about like booking an appointment because, um, you know, they called me right away. And um, that was, I think that was pretty much god you know like he i was like praying to him like you know it was like a like a some kind of relief that was a, a relief. little bit yes so they they called me and they booked me the appointment they're like can you come come in today and i'm like okay you know like i'm really trying to like analyze everything that's going on and you know when they call me in, i'm like okay yeah let's go and i called my mom and i'm like hey you know can you pick up joseph from school like i'm heading to the other clinic i didn't really tell her details but i just told her i need to go to another clinic um they can't see me on this one so you know we headed to the other clinic um they immediately saw me like they immediately checked me in um we went into the room we had a sonogram um then we saw the doctor which is the doctor that was seeing me every week after that he became your weekly doctor yes um so she she you know she did the sonogram and then she spoke to me after that and she was like hey you know like um you i know you were referred to this clinic for a reason and you know she's just kind of going over like the same thing that the doctor had already told me but she did go into a little more details and um she's like but i cannot again she's like i cannot tell you exactly what is wrong or what is causing the what was she um, telling you she was just telling me that like pretty much the same thing like you know your baby has hydrocephalus and you know we think um it could be caused because of this or because of that like she was just giving me like the reasons of why hydrocephalus could be caused but she didn't give me an exact reason of why hydrocephalus was caused on caleb mm -hmm. um she just gave me like why it was caused on other babies so um She's like, you know, we're going to have to send you to uh, Children's Hospital to get an MRI done. Thankfully, she was like, you live in Dallas. Um, we There's people that travel from like around to come to that see this. Uh, yeah, to see this specialist. Because this person like specializes on fetuses' brains okay. before they're even born. So like when they're in your belly, like she just specializes on like you know seeing their brain and everything so she's like thankfully she lives here in dallas and thankfully she's here like and children's not that far from you um she's like but it, you know again it's gonna it's gonna take about like a month or so for you to see her because she's super booked i'm like okay that's fine um then again <laughs> an hour later we get a call and hey this is children's hospital you know we want to book your appointment okay that's fine can you come in tomorrow morning and I'm like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll come in tomorrow morning. And um, 
my husband had already taken one day of work, um, which is the day that we found out that Caleb had hydrocephalus. And he had to take the next day off to take me to Children's because um, they told us, like, you you will need to have someone to bring you and drive you back home because you can't drive after the MRI. Oh. Yes. I don't know exactly why, but. So. Um, maybe because of the lights? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So that's. Um, so we had my husband take a day off um, and he took me to go get the MRI done. We saw the the doctor who specializes in brains. Um, you know, I had the MRI done as soon as I walked in and checked in. I think they only gave me like 10 minutes to sit down and like fill out some paperwork. I wasn't even done like filling out the paperwork and they had already called me to go put on a gown and, you know, take off, off all my earrings and jewelry and stuff. Um, and I was not able to bring anybody in the room with me. So it was just me and the doctors. Um, and I went in there, the MRI, and they asked me, okay, you're going to be in here. They told me, you're going to be in here for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, we're going to be how looking. Do they, how do they take an MRI of a pregnant woman? Like, so they literally just put you, like, in in a bed, and they, you go under, like, the, you know, the covered area, and, you know, you go into a machine, <laughs> pretty much, like, Kind of like whenever you're like a, like a belt, like a belt. Yeah. Yes. You know how like the package comes in and comes mm-hmm. out from like, yeah. So that's how you kind of go in, you go <laughs> into there, but you stay in. Yeah. So that's how I stayed in for an hour and 15 minutes. And they asked me, we want you to relax. We want you to be relaxed. Um, do you want us to put on any music? So I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fine. They put headphones on me. They're like, and we're going to keep telling you, Hey, move to the left, move to the right. But don't move too hard you know just kind of giving me like the instructions of what to do and I'm just like okay you know I'm nervous I'm crying and I'm I'm just like I just want to get this over with is it loud while they're taking pictures Mm -hmm. no it's super 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 calm and quiet like did that make you scared it did make me scared because you're like literally cannot get up cannot move so I'm like oh my god why did they leave me in here forever I just know you know it's just kind (laughs) of like a thought but Mm. yeah they um it is scary. It, definitely anything that, you know, has to do with like doctors is scary. Yeah. So. Um, and then the fact that you just, you walk in and they make you sign these papers and you're already laying right. down. Right. And the fact that I still didn't really know what hydrocephalus was. Yeah. And I was not like, they could not tell me an actual, an actual diagnosis. I, you know, I'm just thinking. And so surprisingly, when they put me in under the, the machine and I'm in the MRI, they played um, music. I think they put on Pandora. And it was a Christian radio station. So, you know, whenever that was happening, I was just pretty much just crying my eyes out. And I was just, you know, asking the Lord, like, why are you putting me through this? Can you, like, wipe your tears while you're laying down? I could not. Okay. So they were just, like, running down my face. Yeah. And, yeah, so, like, after the MRI, we, um, we saw the doctor. And this was the very first doctor that suggested terminating. So um, she's also a brain surgeon, I think. So, yeah, she knows. She's a neurosurgeon, yeah. Yeah, she knows everything about the brains. Mm-hmm. So I... Um, Neurospecialist. Yes. So they call us into the office, and um, I had Liam with us, and he was in the stroller because he was still little by that time. And... Um, you know, my husband is inside and it's just me, my husband and Liam. And, you know, my husband's like, so what are the results? And she pulls up the, the sonogram or the MRI on a um, projector. And she's showing us what's going on. She turns off all the lights. You know, she's showing us what's going on. And she goes, um, she's just shaking her head the whole time. Um, she never asked me how I was doing. She never asked for my name, anything like that. So, you know, we were kind of like, okay, you know. Then she goes oh no your baby's doing really bad (gasps) and then i'm just like that's like the worst thing you could hear yes that's the worst way to put it she's starting to tell me like okay your baby has this your baby you know and i'm just like but what does that mean like you're telling me all of this but what does that mean you know i want an actual answer you know my husband's trying to like understand like be more understanding because i'm freaking out and she goes um Okay, I'm going to put it like this. Your baby's not going to look like that. 
and she pointed at Liam. And I'm just like, what? Where does where does she work? I'm sorry. <laughs> she works at Children's. That's but insane. I really just think that they just have to be. That's real. There's with so you. many. There's so many better ways to put that though. It, yes. How are they going to say that? It could have been. It could have been. But I do think also that if she would have maybe you know softened things up, or maybe she would have sugar coated it, I would have probably be, you know, like oh it's okay. Like I would have not worried as much. And I guess not worrying is good, but it's also not good. Like you have to worry. You have to know. You have to what's going on. You have to know what's going on. Maybe not stress about it. Yeah, but but the, but the way know. that she put it, that would put someone under a lot of stress because this, this is someone who's a professional, and mm-hmm. they're telling you that it's just it's she not just comforting. like straight upset. I'm just gonna put it like this: your review's not gonna look like that. And she pointed at Liam. And my husband and I looked at each other and, you know, like tears were just running down my eyes. She had like no sympathy to even offer like a tissue. (laughs) That's how bad it was. Yes. And she goes, "Um, I'm going to explain it to you guys a little more like to where you guys can understand what I'm what I'm talking about. And my husband's like, yes, please. So she goes, this is like a balloon that you're filling up with water and water and water. And at some point, it's just going to, like, explode, right? In most cases, babies don't develop a brain at all. Um, in your case, the brain that was developing, it's breaking in pieces. So she showed us, like, the little pieces and how it's breaking. She's like, it's not developing at all. It was developing, I guess, at the beginning. But, you know, so much fluid is just accumulating in one side of the brain that is just, like, kind of like a balloon. Like I said, you know, just adding more fluid, more fluid to it. And it's just breaking in pieces. Everything, every single little piece of the brain was broken. And you could see it like on the MRI. Even some for someone that does not know anything like that or anything about that, like I could tell. It that, was clearly visible. Yeah, that it, there was something wrong. So she's like, this could cause a lot of problems. The brain pretty much is what controls your body, it controls your heart, controls your breathing, everything. So if the brain is not developing then there could be a lot of problems. Your baby may not be able to walk. Your baby may not be able to talk. Your baby may not be able to eat. So he may just be in vegetable stage. And, you know, she's just kind of telling us all the possibilities of what we can expect. And she's like, you know, just take your time. Think about it. But you have one week and three days. She is harsh. Figure out. What do you want to do? Because um, after 23 weeks, I think, yes, I believe it was 23 weeks, you cannot legally terminate a pregnancy here in the state of Texas. So she's like, you know, just take your time, but, you know, also know that you're on a time frame. So what was your time frame again? It was a week and three days. So 10 days. And this is a specialist that they referred you to? In children's, yes. So that's probably why she was so cold about it. I mean, she's if this is something she deals with every day. I think so. Can you imagine if she were, like, empathetic to every Every to patient every patient then you know what i mean that's why i was like okay you know i was kind of hoping that she would be more like yeah he has fluid in his brain but he'll be okay like you're going to be okay don't worry about it you know kind of pat me in the back or something but no like it was definitely she was trying to prepare you she was preparing me yes which definitely helped i feel like sometimes when you sugarcoat stuff just like i said it just kind of gets you to like okay i'm it, it'll be okay but i'm glad she told us the truth and she spoke up because that was also going to help us make a decision of whether we wanted to continue so after that mri we went back to the fetal care and they did some blood work um and i went home and they called me the next day to come back in get the results from the blood work um i guess kind of get like gonna get more information about caleb and you know i guess they wanted to do another sonogram or something like that and we talked to a therapist as well the same day and so this is now the third day my husband has missed the fourth this was on a thursday and he has missed three days now you know they kind of tell us okay you know what did you decide we know that you spoke to the other doctor and we know she told you what we think it's wrong um so have you decided whether you want to keep on or terminate and um my husband and i were just like i don't know like we don't know yet what was those conversations like at home on the way back home i was pretty much quiet and he knew 
that it was not something he wanted to bring up at the moment. So we pretty much were just quiet the whole way home. He was going to respect your choice? Yes. We did speak about it once at home. And he said, I'm here for you. I know it's my child too, but whatever your decision is, it's your body. And you know I'm going to be here for you. And that kind of gave me a relief too because I was a little scared that I'd be like, hey, you know, I want to keep the baby. And he'd be like, no. Or I was just scared that he would have a different point of view than mm -hmm. me. Or, But knowing that he was there for me or that he was going to respect my decision and knowing he was on the same page as me was d definitely gave me some relief. I told him after, you know, sleeping it off a couple of nights, I told him I wanted to terminate. And he asked, like, why do you want to terminate? Like, can I just know why? And I said, I just don't think that it's fair for the kids. I don't think it's fair for the baby. And I don't think it's fair for any of us to go through this. And he was like, what do you mean it's not fair for the kids? Like, can you explain? And I'm like, well, when it comes to the baby, I just feel like I as a parent don't mind. Like, I seriously do not mind struggling every day to make sure that the babies are okay but i do not want my kid struggling every day to make sure that he's gonna be okay yeah so if i know this baby's gonna come into this world and he's just going to suffer or he's just going to you know be in the stage that they've told us he would be in it's like why would i be selfish and bring him into this world if i know he's going to not even really be living you know he's going to be under machines or it just it just so many like things going through my head you know i I know that there's women out there who are probably going through this and but I don't mean point, to sound harsh. I don't mean to sound harsh or say like, you know, this is your situation. Well, but I, th I think what you mean at this point, you had no answers. So you were just imagining I was what this, this yes. outcome, this outcome. And, you know, you were planning out your future. That's what it was. Right. You're and, deciding. Yeah. And um, then I'm thinking, you know, the kids like my kids are still young. Um, How old were Joseph and Liam at this point? Liam was two. Um, and Joseph was turning four. So they're still kind of young. And I'm like, you know, they're going to start school and all of that stuff. Like, how am I going to handle it? Like, are we going to have to come to the doctor like almost every day after the baby's born? Is he going to be, what if he has like, you know, heart attacks or anything like that? Because I know that's very common too. Seizures are seizures. very common whenever you have hydrocephalus. So I'm like, you know, what if he has seizures all the time and, you know, have to run to the hospital? And like I said, I don't mind it. But what about my children? Like, I don't want to, like, keep them with family. Or, you know, not that you you can trust people. Like, it's just not their job. You know, you were just I mean? thinking of all the burdens or all of the possibilities that could come out of this. And the yes. fact how it would affect Joseph and Liam. And I think that's... that's I tried good. to think about the positive, I feel. But I was also trying to be realistic and mm -hmm. see, like, there is cruel in this world. Like, there is bad people in this world. Like, I can't... Just have my kids like, hey, you know, keep my kids for the night. I'm going to go to the hospital or just anything, you mm -hmm. know, just anything. Like I have to be there as a parent for all my children equally. And knowing that, you know, I may have to put all my energy and all my effort to one kid and leave the other ones was not what I pictured as a parent, you know, having to deal with. Like, no. So at this point, you're deciding how you would balance this pregnancy and Liam and you have this crunch time on you. Right. This ticking time that you have to decide. But you've already, you had decided to terminate. I had. Mm -hmm. Yes. My decision was to terminate. Um, we still had not told any of our family what was going on. And really my, my, um, my plan was to terminate the pregnancy and tell of our family members that we had lost the baby. You just didn't want to even tell and them. And I wouldn't I was not even gonna tell them. Never talk about it again. That Caleb had hydrocephalus. So you decided you're gonna terminate. Did you ever go to a doctor and tell them that? So I went back to my appointment on Friday. So all of this had happened Thursday. Friday's the fourth day. My husband's missing work. On Friday we had went back to do the amniocentesis. So on Thursday, um, they asked us like if we were ready to tell them what we wanted to do and um i said was well, there anything else we can do like maybe run one more test or check like if there's anything else wrong with the baby and they said yes we can do the amniocentesis um 
test, rundown and synthesis test. A lot of people don't, a lot of pregnant women don't like doing this because um, it could cause a miscarriage. Yes, it could cause miscarriage. Um, they take cells from straight from your uterus, straight through the placenta. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how they run the test and that's how they find out if there is any abnormalities. And you were you were willing to do that? And I was willing to do this, yes, because I had told my husband, I understand, like, yes, I just have less. Now I kind of get the concept. I did go home and I kind of, you know, did some research. So I'm like, I kind of get the concept. I kind of know what's going on, but I want to know if there's more. Like, is he going to have Down syndrome? Is he going to have autism? Is there going to be more? And it's not that it was going to um, change my mind. But I just wanted for a peace of mind to know if there was anything else wrong. I went back to the office, the fetal care center in Baylor, and I did the test. And they said the results will be back within four to five days. Oh, my gosh. I only had two more days to decide whether I wanted to keep the baby or not. So you had to make the decision before you even even had the results. The results, yes. So they said, hey, um, if you're not sure, you can always just wait till the results come back. And if you're still like, okay, I want to terminate, you can go to Colorado and terminate. That is still legal in Colorado to terminate, I think, until you're 28 weeks. And my husband's like, is that what you want to do? And I'm like, that is what I want to do. And he goes, okay, we'll take the test. We'll wait for the results. And if you, you know, decide that you're still wanting to do this termination, I would take you to Colorado and do the terminate and terminate. Oh my God. They gave us the number of a clinic that we could go to in Colorado that they recommended and just things like that. You know, they just gave us more information. After the test, we did the, um, after the amniocentesis test, we did a little therapy with one of the therapists they have there at the clinic. And, you know, we spoke to her, you know, we kind of went over like what was going on and, you know, she gave us some advice that really helped me analyze everything that was going on. Did she give you like any stories or anything about other patients who other kids who have that or I adults think, who have? I think she's mentioned someone she knew that had hydrocephalus. Um, and she's like, you know, the baby seems to be fine now. I think the kid was now 13 years old. Oh, okay. She's like, but he's had had many, many seizures. So, you know, she's like, he's fine, but he's had many seizures. And I've never experienced a seizure or I've never experienced seeing someone have a seizure. So I... Much less a baby. Especially, yeah, with the baby and your own child. Yeah. Like, so I have no idea um, what a seizure was or what how to control a seizure. And um, all that stuff just was scary. So when we had this therapist, um, she asked my husband what his feelings were Um, my husband was crying we were both crying and my husband's like you know I'm just mad and she's like why are you mad she's like I'm just mad I I'm just mad I just started going to church we had just started going to church I think that year we started going to church before we even had Caleb or we even before we even found out about our pregnancy we had already been going to church I think a few months back I think it was like five months back so he's like, why is he doing this to me? I understand he tests he tests your faith, but why with my own child? Why through a baby? Yeah. He's like, why with my marriage? Like, why with my kids? Why with my family? And she was like, I have no idea. She's like, I really can't give you advice when it comes to, like, religion. I think it's just because they can't. It's something they can't really just, touch. Just yeah. ethics. Yes. So she's like, but I can tell you that definitely your faith has been tested. And he was just like, I don't want my faith to be tested. And if that means me leaving church forever, then I will leave church forever. Because I do not want this to be happening. Like, I want to pinch myself and, you know, wake up. But it's not happening. And he, like, literally pinched himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I um, I was crying. It just hurt me so much to hear those words from my husband. Because I feel like... With everything that was going on, and, you know, I'm stressing, I'm pregnant, like, I'm so hormonal, and I was just focused on myself and, like, what was, you know, on my feelings that I never got to sit down and think, like, what is my husband feeling? Mm -hmm. And at this point, he kind of seemed like he was going to be on the same page with you. You kind of didn't think he felt like that, like, that heavy about it. 
I did not know. So whenever I heard him talk to this this therapist and you know tell them, tell them like, okay, you know this is what's happening. It surprised me and it got me to think like, wow, I've been so selfish. Like, I never even got to like ask my husband, hey, how are you feeling? Like I asked him about his his opinion when it came to terminating, but I never asked him what his feelings were or how. How are but you, you taking going this? through so much? Yeah. You probably just you didn't have no time to think. Yeah. You were at the doctor every single day. He was getting I off was. of work every single day. Like and he I, was helping you. There was no there was no time for him to talk to you. I, I think about that. Yeah. And I was just I mean, focused on taking Joseph to school and, you know, taking Liam with us. It, it just so much going on that I literally didn't even want to go to sleep. I was like, I need to focus on this. I need to fuck. I need to finish this up. And it was just so stressful. It's so stressful. And you're not even supposed to stress when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Even when it's a healthy pregnancy. That's you're just not supposed to stress, period. That's yeah, that's like the one recommendation they give you. Like before you leave and when you get there. Mm-hmm. It's like you haven't been stressing, right? Yeah. So after your therapy session, did you have a talk with your husband about what he said? I did. So I said, hey, I'm so sorry. I've been so selfish. You know, I'm crying. You know, through this whole time, I'm, you know, I just, I was just crying. So just picture me crying every single time I'm talking or every single time I'm with the doctor. I'm just crying, crying, crying. And um, I think I was put into like a very weird situation where I'm like, am I supposed to be crying? Am I supposed to be like happy the baby's still alive? Am I supposed to like, you know, what am I supposed to be feeling? Um, after I had the amniocentesis um, test, I was put on bed rest for a day. Um, and, you know, I went home and um, actually we went straight to have lunch at Jason's Deli because we had not eaten. <laughs> um, you were not supposed to eat before the, t- the test. So I had not eaten and, um, you know, I was hungry and, you know, we went to Jason's Deli. And we're sitting down, we're eating. My husband's like, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm so selfish. I've been so selfish all these times. Like, I never asked you how you felt. Like, you know, hearing you talk to the therapist, like, made me realize that you have feelings too. Like, you know, and um, he's just like, it's okay. Like, I'm a tough guy. Like, don't worry about me. <laughs> just worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're good. Make sure that, you know, you're eating, you're taking your vitamins. Make sure that you're you're sleeping well. Like, don't worry about the kids. Don't worry about anybody just worry about you and the baby and um you know i'm like okay you know just kind of like okay um we finished having lunch we're thinking we're pretty much talking about what life would be if we were to keep kayla okay so we're talking about like the consequences like okay you know we're gonna have to get a wheelchair just in case he does like you know and then you know you're gonna have to miss work all the time and you know just things like that and and then um, he's like, yeah, but then we'll have we'll have an experience like we'll just we'll give this baby a home that probably any other parent wouldn't. Yeah. Like somebody else will terminate. But yes. we want this baby to live and, and we we're, have willi- we're willing to do anything and all the things that come with it. We so, might be willing. So he was like, you know, I think God gave him gave us the baby for a reason because he knew that we would give him that loving home that this baby that this angel needs and i was like okay so you don't want to terminate you know and he's like i don't so he was like deep down and i'm like but you said that it was up to me you said it was my choice and you know i'm like what is going on why are you changing your mind you were just mad at god like an hour ago like why are you saying god is blessing you he's like i was mad he's like but i have no right to be mad the baby's still alive the baby's still moving in your belly like i have no reason to like be mad and um obviously there's obvious reasons but you know he's but like he was just speaking off the cuff at that point mm-hmm. but then after he like thought about it and it sat I with think, him yeah he so changed his opinion i think his therapy like the therapy really did help him um and you know we we leave oh he's like god if you think that this 
we should keep the baby, give us a sign, you know, and we both hold hands, we're praying, we're praying at Jason Selly, <laughs> and um, give us a sign that we should keep this baby. So we we leave Jason Selly, and as soon as we step out, it starts snowing. In and Dallas. we're like, what? In Texas. In Dallas. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I'm like, where is this snow? Come? <laughs> like, it was not even on the forecast, like, mm-hmm. What is going on? Snow in Texas is just a miracle in itself. Yes. yes. So it starts snowing. And um, Liam says something like, oh, mommy. Like, he points at my belly. And there's a snowflake on my belly. Like a clear snowflake. I had never seen a snowflake. Like, clear. You know, you see the snowflakes come yeah, down, but you don't shape, get to see. They kind of the like detail, just, Yeah. yeah. And I saw like a clear snowflake and it was just sitting on my belly. Like it did not melt. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm. And, um, you know, we get in the car, we were leaving and, um, you know, we, we continue, like we go home. I tell my parents what's going on. Cause they're kind of like, why are you going back and forth? They have no idea what's going on. And my mom's helping me with Joseph and taking Joseph here and there. So, you know, she's kind of like, you know, I think every mother knows when something's wrong. So right. she was like, what's going on? And I tell her like, you know, this is what happened. Um, my mom used to be a special ed teacher. Okay. Uh, back when we lived in Mexico. So, um, she knows what it's like to deal with like, children that need special they have special needs special needs kids and my dad is a very i wouldn't say religious but he's like big on his like faith and he's big on his beliefs he has a very good relationship with god and i knew that me telling them what was going on would be their response would be leave it to god you know let Mm -hmm. him take the wheel so i wasn't expecting for them to be very understanding of why i wanted to terminate and I was I was ready to hear like I was just ready to hear what they have to all say all the back the backlash mm-hmm. and you know I knew what I wanted to say how I felt and at the end of the day um I even told my husband at the end of the day they they're not the ones that are going to to raise this baby raise to live this, baby, this pregnancy live with this pregnancy they're not going it they they may they may be helpful they may help me a lot but they're not the parents they're not the baby that are you know they're not the baby who's going to suffer like none of us are you know mm-hmm. so we don't know like and um i was ready and you know we talked and surprisingly my mom said hey um i know what it's like i used to be a special ed teacher and she reminded me of that she's like kids with hydrocephalus she knew what hydrocephalus was she knew already. Mm-hmm. So she's like, babies with hydrocephalus and, you know, they suffer from seizures. And I'm like, yeah, how do you know? Like, and she's like, Brittany, I <laughs> I was a teacher. Like, I know stuff like this. I was prepared for all of that. So my mom had some type of experience, some type of knowledge. And, uh, you know, they were very supportive. They're like, you know, it's your decision. Just let us know what you want to do. And, you know, long story short, we went through, you know, therapy with church and all that stuff. And um, a week after we talked to my parents and talked to, like, the pastors and from our church, we receive a call. And um, it's the doctors. And they're like, hey, um, your test results are here. You do not have to come into the office. Um, everything is negative, um, which is surprising to them because usually hydrocephalus comes with something else, like I said, or causes something else. And most of the time it's like, you know, autism, Down syndrome, and, you know, and they're like, there seems to be nothing wrong with the baby mm-hmm. other than hydrocephalus, and that is all. In his, in his brain, yeah. And that's when we knew that that was God telling us keep well just pretty much giving us that Mm -hmm. that answer that we were waiting for and we decided to keep on do you think that oh no oh my gosh i wouldn't imagine being like i can't i can't wait or or i can't travel to colorado like we don't have that option Mm -hmm. and then having had terminated and then having had terminated the pregnancy and then hearing those results afterwards 
Yeah. So it's it's kind of like you said, like in the works that that you waited, that you even decided to have that test. Because I kind of feel like in that moment, whenever you decided to do that test, you were reaching for hope just anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. let's do this one because this is this is my last thing. Because I think even though you had decided you wanted to terminate, I think you were still very like doubtful. Like you you weren't really sure that's what you wanted yet. Right. I just want. I just didn't want to make a decision because of the time frame and then regret it my whole life. Right. Um. So after you know deciding that I wanted to keep the baby, um, we were sent to Medical City, which is where we're gonna you know, deliver the baby. And that's where my, now my regular doctor is going to be. Okay. My regular doctor visits are going to be. Um, and I would travel. Well, I would go twice a week to my appointments on Mondays. I would go to medical city and, you know, just kind of, you know, gave my way and, you know, just a regular doctor visit. And on Wednesdays I would go to Baylor, um, at the fetal care center to get the um sonogram every week every week from 23 weeks all the way to 38.5 weeks so they just wanted to see the development of his brain and everything else yes and make sure that there was nothing concerning things or anything like that then they explained to you that the only way to deliver caleb would be through a c-section yes they did because of his head size there would be no way that i could Push him out. Push him out. And uh, not only because he, you know, his head was too big. It was just very, it was just very dangerous to, to do some, to, you know, to have that type of delivery. It would put my health at risk and it would put his health at risk. So the only way to deliver Kayla because of his, because of his head size wasn't through a horizontal C-section. It was through a vertical C-section, right? Yes. So when they told me that it would have to be a vertical C-section, I, um, I was scared. I'm like. You know, like every woman I know that nowadays gets, you know, the heart horizontal C-section. Yeah, and it's really small. The bikini. The yeah, that's what yeah. they call it, the bikini line. And I'm like, and, and it's really small. And like, so they're like, yeah, but in your case, we can't do that. There's no chance. So like, get that out of your head now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, they didn't say it like that, but you know, pretty yeah. much. Pretty I, much this is, your, this is the only thing. This is how we're yeah. going to do it. Just yeah. so you know. And then after this, they said, if you want to have another kid, you would have to have another vertical C-section. Yes. Um, I didn't really ask much yet because I was like, you know, I'm not even worried about having another kid right now. Mm-hmm. But I did ask after Caleb was born. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I was 17 and they told me like, you know, you have twins. There's no way your age and, you know, everything that I was going through I had uh, preeclampsia. They said you're gonna have to have C-section, and then they automatically told me they're like, and after this, any other kid you have is gonna be through a C-section. Like I found, right. like they told me like that. Yeah, they told me too, but I just didn't really go into detail. I didn't really ask any right. questions like that. I was just like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm not having any more kids. Right. But um, you know, because I didn't know what to expect from Caleb. Yeah. From Caleb. So yeah, that was not like my biggest concern. Um, however, like every appointment that we did have. Um, to check on baby's fluid and you know the sonogram, um, it, it was my con- that was my biggest concern to make sure that the and even like the doctor's concern to make sure that the fluid it's not getting worse and it's staying the same. Obviously, it's gonna grow a little, a little, but it's like they have like a chart, and they that's how it's supposed to be. Like you know, this is the levels that you know they think, and they want to make sure that it stays like that baby's heads usually don't close until you know they're they're out of you mm. so did he have that did he ever mention like his you know his his skull is still open you know the the water can still be flowing in and out did he say something like that no they didn't there know actually but i know i remember whenever i was like 36 weeks 37 weeks no they did not actually but i do remember whenever i was 34 weeks um at one of the sonograms, the doctor had other bad news. And um, I asked what, you know, what the bad news were. And she said, there seems to be bleeding. Um, there seems to be bl- uh, bleeding in the brain. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, is that a bad thing? Or she's like, we're going to have to get another MRI done. And... Um, 
and we'll, we'll go from there and we'll tell you like exactly what's going on so I'm like okay and I go home and of course I google it and oh no that was the worst thing I could have done <laughs> don't recommend it to anyone I like I you know I always say google is like your worst enemy yeah because everything's terminal there you're dying yes everything is cancer everything is terminal <laughs> everything stay away from google <laughs> so during all of this you kept getting bad news and every time you would go would they ever would they keep suggesting for you to terminate even after you were past that mark i think the suggestion of termination stopped around 28 weeks i think after like 28 to 29 weeks and they saw that we were like actually really sure that we're keeping the baby i just feel like they just stopped suggesting and so at every so you said that there was pieces of caleb's brain that were falling or that were coming breaking. apart mm -hmm. breaking Sorry. how did his brain progress during your pregnancy there was no development and what part of the brain was it because i know i know every single part your frontal cortex you know that controls a specific part of your of so your you body know how like the brain has like a middle line mm -hmm. um and it just kind of like gets the two uh what are they called the ventricles mm -hmm. um and they're supposed to be the same size and you know it's just it's just a line that runs through the brain in the middle well caleb's left ventricle was actually really big compared to his right side that the line was actually not in the middle it was on the side it was like shifted to like the side the right side and his right ventricle was just really small and the left one was like full of the spinal fluid um so we scheduled the the c-section when i was 35 weeks and it would be taking place when i turned 38 almost 39 weeks yes um you know they told us like they gave us a tour of the hospital you know just like the usual that they always do um the reason why we delivered at medical city um i think i want to say this because it's very important a lot of people are wondering like why did you go to medical city if you were just going to baylor you know um because medical city has it also has um a children's hospital they're together okay. so um the reason why we we delivered there it's because if i would have delivered at any other hospital there would be no way that they could transfer caleb okay. to the NICU or to the or to children's hospital uh in time to put him in the NICU and uh, you know i literally after i had caleb i literally only spent three seconds with him so that is it for part one of britney's story part two will be out sometime next weekend be sure to stay tuned to my Instagram at the adolescent parent so that you can be verified when the next episode is out. Also, don't forget to subscribe. That way you can get notifications directly to your phone when my next episode is live. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to have you next week. Bye.